and gentlemen and creatures in between, welcome to podcast number 16 on August 15th, 2021. I am your host, Metal Matty, and to my right, co-host, Mellow Matty. How are you doing, kind sire, on this beautiful Sunday evening in mid-August? Hello, Metal. I'm doing very well. How is good your to be week? back. Is it good to be back? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. And you have had a good weekend? Yes. We usually do these after a long day of work. We're doing this on a Sunday, so we're Where well we've been, rested. Yeah, well rested. We're chill. We're yeah. ready to talk about some uh, really hot topic. I hope we, don't, we, hope we don't lose our edge, though. Sometimes we're very edgy. When I don't think we will. No, we will. Um, on today's docket... We're going to talk about... It's like a court session. Yeah, today's talk. <laughs> we need a gavel. We're going to talk about uh, Massachusetts bands, like all Massachusetts tonight. Everything Mass, everything Boston, literally and figuratively, we're going to be talking about the bands that shaped Massachusetts the way it is, the music scene around here, and how good the music scene is around here. Unbelievable. You brought this up to me uh, maybe a week ago, and it's just such an obvious topic it's an obvious thing to talk about yeah. in the podcast being from boston and, and i didn't think of it and until you, i brought it up yes and i got very excited when you told and me he about did. it and the fact that we have you know mass berkeley school of music here in yeah. boston in downtown boston literally it's uh, people from all over the world and globe come to boston to go to berkeley to study music and create music and produce music and all the above so it's good till we can talk about this and as we'll find out when we talk about these bands that's where a lot of these bands got together from schools not necessarily just berkeley but yeah, yeah, like a lot. A, of, I mean, just quickly, yeah. just to mention that, like Dream Theater. Yeah, uh, a lot of the members met in, at Berkeley. At Berkeley, and, yeah. You know, they formed Dream Theater. But yeah, I mean, we'll the the, del- ta- the the real talented bands met at, met at Berkeley. The, yeah, well, yeah. The technically sound, it, yes, yeah. and that goes to show you the shredders, like a band like Dream Theater. Yeah, but we'll get more into that as we get along into the program. But you know, first we have to do our uh, our music tidbit. Extravaganza! <laughs> Enough! <laughs> With that said, I, I just want to get a sound machine that does I know that. No, we eventually. have to do that. Like, yeah. it goes to show that we still have a low-level produ- production here, but eventually we're gonna we're gonna make you guys doubt us, and we're gonna be like top of the charts. We're gonna be it's gonna be a full-blown production where you have nothing but the best. I should do that old like teletype machine from the seventies. Like yeah. before the, uh, we're gonna spare no expense, Maddie. No. My co-host, Mellow Maddie. We got a budget. <laughs> yeah, right now we have a budget. <laughs> but with that said, two points I want to uh, talk about in this little music tidbit. Uh, number one, uh, this is band out of New Jersey. I got you into them recently, and I just really heard about them about a month ago when I was coming listening listening to uh, Sirius XM radio stations. I was flipping on flipping through, and I stopped on uh, XM Liquid Metal. And I heard this song, and I, and all I hear was, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I don't generally gravitate towards that kind of music, right? But like, just the the drops and the guy's vocals, the way he took it to a new dimension, I was like, "Oh, I gotta listen to this." And to know the band's called Lorna Shore, um, the song was called "To the Hellfire," and their new EP just dropped this past Friday, the thirteenth, August the third, Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, and it has three tracks. Um, into the Hellfire, uh, out, the, out of the Abyss or Into the Abyss, and uh, Into the Nothingness is the <laughs> title track of the EP. Yeah. And it's absolutely fucking brutal. Yeah. I think, I mean, I. It is. I mean, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I absolutely. listen to a lot of like heavy metal, but I don't really dabble too much, into too much death metal. But I'm, so I'm just, my opinion, I'm speaking from my opinion here. I have never heard in my life a heavier song 
called Into the Hellfire. That song is beyond brutal. Heavier than even like Norwegian black metal stuff. Yeah, I think this is unbelievable. I agree. And the lead vocalist, Will Ramos, who just... you know, got into the band in late 2020 or early or mid 2020 because he left his other band and because the other reached the Tom, Tom Vader or Blader, whatever his name was, the original singer, mm. you know, left uh, Lorna Shore. And then, he, you know, they had a, a replacement for a year until Will Ramos came in to fill the, the spot. Now he's, he's currently holding. But my God, Mello, I'll tell you, <laughs> like even even you being a metal status, this will get, this will get you fucking amped up. That's a go to uh, band for that kind of stuff. Now. Oh, my God. God, is it brutal. They've had stuff before this, too. They've had oh, releases. Oh, yeah, they've been around for, for quite some years With now. a different singer. I want to say 2011, 2010, they've been around. With a different singer, you say? Oh, yeah, Tom, original Tom. Okay. Uh, his name was Tom Blader or, oh, or something no. like that, or Vada. Or, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but um, I know it's Tom something. But Oh, my God. I mean, I just wanted to give them a quick mention, say, you know, shout out to the band and what they're doing, because that drumming. It's so tight. Right? Heavy, tight. Just locked in. It's about as heavy as it gets. Really? It really does. Yeah. And they're from Jersey, you say? Yeah, they're yeah. from like some, some county out in Jersey, but they're, li- they're Jersey born and bred. In the swamps of Jersey. Yep. Dirty Jersey, I like to call it. Yeah. Um, so with that said, man, I just can't believe how heavy that they are. And to, pl- to play that music that fast, that technical, and that yeah. tight right. is pretty fucking amazing. Have you seen any, any live footage of them? Yes. They, I yeah. saw, I mean, they play a lot of small like venues, but yeah. um, COVID, they didn't really get to do much. Like, no. more, like obviously, not many people didn't get to do much. But, I mean, I sent you that video. Yeah. There's an uh, actual, uh, you know, studio video version for that song, Into the Hellfire, or To the Hellfire, or something like that. And it's excellent. It's heavy. It's technical. It's fucking fast. It's fucking just... I can't yeah. express how crazy it is. For a certain mood. It's so a, yeah. uh, if you need some music to get you up and get you going for the day or right. through the workout, especially in the gym, that is your go-to song, people. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. You will not be disappointed if, no. you like that, if you like that sort of stuff. Right, right. Even if you don't, give it a listen to it because it'll knock your fucking head off. If you need a little aggression. Yeah. Yeah, a little pick Literally. Yeah. It will knock your fucking head clean <laughs> off. No, that is... And my second little piece of news I'd like to get to is yeah. um, one of our favorite bands from you know the early '80s, the Big Four of the thrash metal group. Yeah. Megadeth is finally uh, engineering and mixing and doing all that shit to their new album, yep. so which will be coming out soon and then later. And they're still they're going they're on tour with Meg- uh, Lamb of God right now, and they're coming to Boston soon. I want to say September fifth, well, three so weeks, for, yeah, yeah. But pretty soon. And you know they obviously you know had to part ways with Dave Ellison, their mm-hmm. you know longtime bass player. Was Who's a hell of a bass player. Yeah. And, you know, very good and very knows the material. Obviously been with the band forever. They had to get rid of him for, you know, sexual allegations and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is, right? Yeah. But they got a new, they get, they're bringing back Joe Lomenza or Lomenzo right. for who, told, who played with them from 06 to 2010. He's coming back to fill the uh, touring duties of bass playing. And he, you know, he was with uh, um, Black Label Society. and White you know, Lion, you White said. Line. He was right. with White Lion. He was with White Lion for right. quite you know, a little bit of time. Which is too Pretty Two extreme, different bands. Yeah, going from like heavy, like heavy southern rock metal, like you know, Zach Wild, right, to uh, hair metalish white lion, Mike Tramp. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Tramp. Wait, uh, yeah, we, we, wait. We've already done the yeah, wait thing. Yeah, we did that on, shit a long on time hair ago. metal essentials. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted to touch base with those two uh, topics, and uh, if you, Maddie, want to count, you know. Add in, let you know, feel free. But if you have nothing to, no, it's good to see a new Megadeth album. Although they've been putting out, they're pretty regular now with their albums. They, I'm, yeah. and I'm very impressed because you know Megadeth. I mean, sorry, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth, obviously, who's a genius. Yeah, who was with, originally with Metallica for a, oh, a cup of coffee until they you know kicked him <laughs> off for being too much of an alcoholic. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, 
Um, he, I think that was like the best thing for him. Oh God! You know, it was, it's a it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, it really. Maybe is. not at the time for Dave, but and I think Dave still, as we've said in another podcast, I think he still has some resentment about that and some sadness. He does. Yeah, up I until think, a few years ago, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, God, Megadeth. Megadeth uh, took a little while to get going, but I love Megadeth. I would, I still would take Megadeth over Metallica at this point. Uh, I know you said that, yeah. and that's your opinion. Hey, whatever you're entitled to it, I get yeah, it. I, I get it. Go towards the Metallica side right. of things. I lean towards them. Yeah, which is fine. But um, yeah, I mean, I uh, moving on from the music a little bit extravaganza. We'll <laughs> we'll just dive deep into the end, deep end of this uh, podcast tonight yeah. on Massachusetts bands from from rock to classic rock to hard rock to alternative to heavy metal to I mean, which is metalcore. Metalcore has all those elements of what we the you know genre is listened to. So we'll get into all that, and hopefully uh, this will generate more listeners in our beautiful state of Massachusetts. So come on, assholes. Get into it. Dive in head first. Don't be fucking pussies. Let's go. Currently, Massachusetts is tied for seventh in the U.S. For, with, uh, with our downloads. Yeah, and our listeners and our ratings. North Carolina, I believe. So, yeah, this hopefully will bring uh, some Boston people back into the some new listeners from this lovely yeah. uh, Bay State slash the spirit of America. The, the Commonwealth. Let's go, people. Get in. Let's dive in head first. No fucking being a pussy. Let's, <laughs> jump. Let's go. Let's go, assholes. Let us be heard. So we're going to go chronologically. Yes, that's the best way to do it. Yes. So we're going to do things a little bit different tonight. Yeah, yeah. You know how myself, moi, you, likes to you know lead and take over the podcast, and my, my co-host over here, Mello, will uh, you you like, know, chime in and do his thing. Yeah. But tonight, Mello Maddie is oh. going to take over this podcast and give you some fucking awesome tidbits, some awesome information, and let, us, uh, let our listeners know right. how great the state of Massachusetts is for bringing out and generating awesome music. Awesomeness. So with that said, yes. let's go, Mellow Maddie. Let's give these motherfuckers what they want. All right. So Boston has a very, very rich musical history. Yes, it does. We're going to go back to the 60s. Okay, yeah, it but... started. So Boston, in the early 60s, mainly folk scene. You had Cambridge. You had, like, Dylan would come through town, Joan Baez, stuff yes, like sir. that. You moved into the mid-60s. You started getting garage rock bands, you know, influenced by the Stones and, and the Beatles. Uh, early on, you had stuff like Burying the Remains. Have you heard of them? They actually not. opened for the Beatles okay, on one of their, cool. one of their uh, early shows. Let's go. You had uh, Teddy and the Pandas. I think they were a local, maybe Danvers, Peabody area really? band. They had some national. North Shore peeps. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, North Shore. Let's go. Um, oh, funny thing. Even before that, do you know Dick Dale was actually born in Quincy? I did not know the, this. The freaking king of the, surf guitar? The king of California surf guitar. No way. I actually grew up in, in Quincy. Did born not know a, born that. Born in Boston and raised that in Quincy. That is an awesome fun fact, Isn't Maddie. that cool? That is very Bring cool. Bring it to life, my friend. I, Bring I, it to life, yes. fellow. The, the soundtrack for surf guitar and... Yeah. Like, you know, Miser Lou. Like, yeah, Miser Lou. Yeah. That was, you know, yeah. freaking Pulp Fiction yeah. movies and you know, Quentin Tarantino loves that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Boston guy. So we had these. Oh, the Barbarians! They had a uh, they had a, a hit song called "Are You a Girl or Are You a Boy?" It was about their long hair. I only didn't know that would be such relevant to, to these t- today's current times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Very, very <laughs> applicable to modern you know, times. Shit. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So you had these. You had a few uh, garage bands that had some early success, but the big thing was in 1968. Um, at this point, you had 
scenes in San Francisco and L.A., very natural like music scenes that sprouted up and became national, you know, money making things for record labels. So yeah. there was a record label. Uh, it's now defunct, but MGM Records was a record label in the late 60s. Were they part of the MGA movie? They were. Before? They were. Okay, yep. so, so it was a well... They branched off and had their own music division. Yes, exactly. So it was a well-funded, uh, you know... Uh, of course, backed. had the money. It had yeah, the backing. Right. No shit, yeah. So there was this guy, one of the record executives had this genius idea. Let's, we, we had these scenes sprout up organically. Let's, let's, let's engineer one. Yeah. So they wanted to... They, and they came up with what was called the Boss Town sound. It was completely record label hype. It wasn't a real scene, but they came up with these bands, maybe bands that weren't even from the area. So, and this was a real, this was a real bust. Like, none of these bands caught on. But these oh. record company put tons of money into it. Hoping that it would succeed. Yes, yes. So, there's actually one band, <laughs> the Ultimate Spinach. No. Very, oh. very psychedelic. I bet you that was Popeye's favorite band. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll blow me I'll down. Spinach. So, yeah, you had these like, and it was like, you know, of the, it was 1968. So you had these like psychedelic band names. You had Orpheus, you had Apple Pie Motherhood Band, and then you had actually there was one called Chameleon Church. Was actually that's actually a pretty cool name. Chameleon yeah, that's, Church. Actually, that's actually a really clever that, name. That is it a goes cool to name. Show you that you, you, that church could be anything. It right. Could, it could adapt to any yeah, sort of religion like or genre. And do you know who the drummer of Chameleon Church was? Ah, no, enlighten me. Chevy Chase. No shit. A young Chevy Chase. Who I think Are you was, fucking been, kidding me? May have been going to school around here or something. But yeah, he was... Uh, he Are was, you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, I don't know if there's any footage of... That's it, insane. Yeah, it's weird, right? It was short-lived, but I, he... No he, wonder why... Uh, um, What's his name? Simon and uh, Paul Simon wanted to get him in that. You can call me Al video <laughs> yeah, playing he, the drums and the bongos. Yeah, yeah, he had some musical background. Exactly. Yeah, no, Chevy Chase had some uh, musical chops. Deep River. <laughs> yeah. My home belongs to you. Yeah, that was from another <laughs> vacation. vacation movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The Mighty Mist, the old yeah. man. The yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> good shit. All right, go I ahead. I love That's that. Good. I love good. that. Um, so yeah, so basically this whole thing never caught off. Ne- yeah, never caught on. Never took off. I just combined <laughs> two things. Love it. A complete bust. Um, there's a great book actually I want to mention uh, that talks about this and other mysterious Boston history stuff from the '60s. It's called Astral Weeks. It's about which is a Van Morrison song, and it, it's kind of about Man- Van Morrison, but it goes into other things too. There's actually at the same time in Boston there was a. Uh, a cult leader or a guy that had his own um, uh, commune in Boston. Like his a name, Manson type? Yeah, exactly. Really? Very Manson-ish. They never killed anyone, but they would uh, notoriously drug people, you know, Shit. dose them with LSD. This guy's name was Mel Lyman. He would, I think he died maybe in the 70s under, and they never found his body. Like his, yeah, it's a very, very weird. There's some weird Boston history from the 60s. I wonder if Whitey Bulger has something to do with that. I, yeah, no, this is even before Whitey Bulger, yeah, I think. exactly. But uh, if anyone wants to check, it's one of my favorite music books, actually. And I've read a shitload of music books called Astral Weeks. Anyway, I actually went to go see the writer. Well, that's a good to little uh, plug. We shout out. We yeah, take that. Very Represent. good book. Very good book. Um, and another band at this time. So we can kind of go into the 70s now. Uh, one of the early 60s bands was a band called the Hallucinations, which featured... Peter Wolf. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Peter I've Wolf. heard of the hallucinations. Yeah, have you? Okay. And I've, of course, heard of Mr. Wolf. Right. Well, at, at this time too, uh, BCN was just starting up. Uh, WBCN man was a good station. Unbelievable. They ruined by getting rid of that shit. Classic, right? Adam Twelve. Yeah, but this is going way back. Uh, and Peter Peter Wolf was actually uh, an early DJ on. Uh, 
on BCN. So in the 60s, in the early 60s, it was all AM radio, top 40. FM was really? all, FM was more like high fidelity, so it was more yeah, classical exactly. stuff, which BCN stands for Boston Classical Network. But by the 60s, you had these uh, rock shows popping up on, on FM stations, and they would, they pretty much were able to play like any song they wanted. It wasn't dictated by the charts, so they could play like a, you know, a 30-minute Grateful Dead song, you know. So you had these FM stations popping up in the late 60s, BCN being one of them. Nice. And Peter Wolf. Would go on to the, uh, well, you want to talk about... Sweet. Yeah, the Jay Giles Band. Well, yeah, Jay Giles Band. That yeah. was early 70s, obviously. Early got 70s. Their little start and going, f- and they obviously gained momentum. Right. So we'll kind of move into the 70s now. Exactly. And uh, Aerosmith. Ooh, we know Aerosmith. Aerosmith is one of the, you know, ultimate classic rock bands of all time. Arguably Seminal. the ultimate. Right. And um, for, you know, American-wise. Right. And I would, you know, obviously, but Steve Perry, I mean, sorry, um... Stephen Tyler's <laughs> yeah, from Yonkers, New York, he originally. Is, yes, but he made his he made his dwellings here in Massachusetts, the Boston area. He like, was. Uh, was up he out of Quincy too? I that think, area. I no, I actually think he didn't even really. He came up to uh, Sunapee, New Hampshire, on a vacation, and he. There's a famous story. There's something to do with an ice cream. Went up and he saw Joe. Yeah, so they and they had a band. Uh, a local band. It was like the jam band or something. And uh, Steven Tyler went up and saw him and was super impressed by him. So he struck up a conversation with Joe Perry. Voila. Next thing you know, they're they're all living in Boston and they're, uh, you know, Doing play, thing. playing clubs. So the big club uh, back then was the Boston Tea Party. Oh, that makes sense. That was the big one. If everyone that, knows their history, they know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, the go-to. And then you had the Paradise. I think they played a lot of shows at the Avalon. Paradise. Avalon. I think the Avalon was maybe more uh, 80s. Yeah, what about and the, Avalon, um, the channel? What about the Orpheum? The Orpheum, yes, the Orpheum the Theater, yeah. Yeah, a big one. For a, like a bigger venue. Yeah. Yeah, and then some of like the uh, the theater places. Um, do you like Aerosmith? I do. I've seen yeah. them live actually a couple times. Yeah, not, you know, not my favorite, but I yeah. like their older stuff, you know, from like Toys in the Attic. Right. You know, right, Train Kept the Rolling. Right. Uh, Mama Kin. Yeah. Like, that shit is good. Like it's the classic. newer stuff, like Crazy's not bad and, you right. know, like, it's more commercialized. When they started putting uh, Alicia Silverstone <laughs> in every and, video and yeah. uh, Liv Tyler. Yeah, Liv yeah. Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely good stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Aerosmith, um, Boston. The well, band. I mean, come on, we have to talk about Boston yeah. being the name of the group and being you know where right. they're from, especially a lot of members from the North Shore. Yeah, Watertown, I think more maybe. Swampscott uh, too. Okay, was that where? Uh, and of course, Brad Delp was uh, born in. Goudreau Peabody. was out of Swampscott, I believe. Is, yeah, you're right, and still, I think he lives there now. He still resides there. Has a nice Swampscott, Massachusetts. Yeah. Mr. Goudreau. Barry Goudreau. We want to shout out to Mr. Barry Goudreau if you t- if you ever yeah. listen to us. Respect and love, my friend. Right, still doing it. Still doing still it, man. Still touring with Boston, I think, right? Or uh, I'm they... not 100% sure. I don't want to you know, yeah. say the wrong thing if he right. listens to us. So, Mr. Goudreau, yeah. if you want to uh, write in, call in, <laughs> call talk to in. us, have, we'll have you on the show. Yeah, yeah we'll tell you. Yeah, it would be an honor yeah. to have you on our podcast. Yeah. So, if you're listening, definitely, you know how to get in touch with us. Yeah, wink, wink. Wink, wink. Uh, but Brad Delp, uh, the still to this day, I'm pretty sure it's still the uh, highest selling debut. 1976, the first Boston album, was huge, more than a feeling. Oh, beautiful song. Uh, yeah, great song. A great, yeah, unbelievable. More than a feeling. Yeah, inspired. Uh, smells like Teen Spirit. The same. Same. The same riff. The same. Yeah. Yeah. But. But yeah, Boston was huge. We, um, the Cars, 
Rick Kasich. No, Rick Kasich. Passed. Yeah, a, a couple, couple years, years ago. ago. Yep. yep. Uh, ben Benjamin Orr, who and died in 2000. Mr. Orr, not related to Bobby Orr. No, Can as we, far as we like, know. Talk quickly about uh, Rick. How he was the ugliest, tallest, like skinniest, like lankiest freak you've ever met. But he had a beautiful Russian hot, yeah, you know, beautiful, you know, model, supermodel wife. Yeah. yeah, and I think he left her shortly, a few years before he died. I think he actually left her. <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show you that it, it, this whole universe in this world is really fucked up. Well, it helps when you're a, uh, a million-selling band. Yeah. I know. Of course. He was a great singer. Actually, uh, underrated. Ben I, Orr sang most of those songs. A lot of people don't know. The, the bassist. He was great. He was great, a, right? A, a great duo, a great yeah. like, folk and harmony in a still right. point. They right. were like, you know, a great harmonist like, a, like a Jerry Cantrell at Lane Staley no. was. But like... They still but had a good dynamic duo. A, a great sound with those synthesizers. They had a great guitarist, uh, Elliot Easton. Um, yeah, Benjamin Orr died in like fifty, like early fifties from cancer, like twenty years ago. It's kind of sad. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, I remember, yeah, I vaguely remember. Yeah, that, that was, I a was while young ago. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the cars. I mean, they had you know, shake it up. And of course, uh, shake it up. Of course, the most famous scene from. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, moving in stereo. Yes. When Phoebe Cates is... Uh, yeah. Dun, 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 moving dun, dun, dun. Yeah, great yeah. song. Yeah. Great scene. The best scene of yeah. the movie, I think. Just the fact that you saw her tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like uh, from the cars, uh, who's gonna take you oh, home? Oh, great. Tonight. Yeah. It's like they're, like, That's ultimate, Benjamin Orr, yeah. Yeah, it's their ultimate ballad. And mm. he was so, his voice was perfect and flawless in that song. It was. It was that song was made for his voice. And it just, I mean, that's, I know it's, I know it's cliche. I know it's, it's uh, commercialized, but that's my favorite car song. Yeah, I like. Uh, I always like shake it up, or you might shake think, it up. You might think that's another good one. Yeah, I mean to Yo, backtrack a little bit. We didn't really yeah. talk much about. Yeah, we can. Uh, we just jump. Yeah, yeah. Boston, obviously. Okay, you know, we'll go back such to such a huge influence on obviously the cars and you yeah, know, having an influence with Aerosmith and being you know kind of like the same era, right. same John, like in the seventies, right. And it's good though because I mean we know like seventy six to eighty, especially seventy six to seventy nine. Disco was so huge. Right. So it was good to have those up bands like Aerosmith and the Boston and, you know, the Cars. Boston representing in the rock world. I mean, I don't know. Highly. Yeah. Highly. Yeah, exactly. Know. I mean, Boston made it for lost time, you know, lost time not being, you know, huge in the 60s. Exactly. It definitely caught up in the for 70s. Real. But I mean, um, yeah, Boston was notorious for not putting out a lot of albums. They had their first one in 76. Uh, Don't Look Back came out in 78, and then third, remember Third Stage didn't come out for 10 years. Well, came out it in the sounds 80s. like, oh, that's familiar. Yeah. It sounds like another band I know all too well. Hmm, we <laughs> who could won't, that be? I wonder yeah. who could that be? Yes. Let's uh, wait 13 years to put a new album out. Yeah, I know, they haven't been <clears throat> until... Yeah, you know. But yeah, with that said, uh, go ahead. Well, Tom Schultz, the guitarist, was like an MIT graduate. Yeah, he, brilliant. He, he made all his effects in his basement. The, the sounds he got on that first album, I don't think they could be recreated. It's just some of the stuff he would just tinker around with and make his own... Pretty amazing. Yeah, phasing and, and weird shit. And, Pretty talented. Yeah, dude. unbelievable. And they had great songs. They were... Uh, I loved all those albums. And, of course, we lost Brad Delp about 15 years ago. Yeah, the infamous Brad Delp. Poor Brad Delp. Very sad. Very sad. Decided to have a barbecue in his, uh, in his house up in New Hampshire and uh, killed himself. Very let's sad. Let's have a going out barbecue. Yeah. Out in style. Have a yeah. barbecue and then let's just. It, well, inside the house, yeah. Yeah, let's just die. <laughs> to, uh, asphyxiate himself. Yeah. But anyway. 
So you had those who like the mainstream AOR, they call like it. Like the, the, I would say like the, you know, the ace list bands. Right. Top like, of the, like A-list yes. celebrities, all those A-list bands. But at the same time, you had a thriving punk scene in Boston at this time. Yes, let's enlighten us. Let's enlighten the listeners. The most famous club being the Rat, the Rat Skeller, which I never got to, and I'm very upset. Yeah, was, you should have. I mean, you're, well, little, was, you're a little older yeah, in that scene than I am, so you, that's kind of disappointing. I think it was probably gone by like the early 90s when I was just, but yeah. But most, you know, famous, somewhat uh, very similar to CBGB's in New York. Just a, a shithole of a club. Just a, a dirty, cramped... Fucking dive. Right. Where people go and just go fucking crazy and yeah. listen to bands and but music just, and glass bottles and yeah. shot glasses everywhere. <laughs> just a legendary punk band. Um, the Liars. Have you, let me, I just want to know if you've any heard any of these bands. Okay, the Liars. Uh, the Neighborhoods. I've heard of The Neighborhoods, the not neighborhoods. The Liars. Okay. Uh, Mission of Burma. Do you know them? Never v- heard of very them. Very alternative. Very... Uh, uh, the Modern Lovers? This was going back maybe early 70s. No, can't recollect that one. They had a great song, which is kind of like a Boston punk theme song. Maybe called, if I heard it. You know? Do you know Roadrunner? Roadrunner. It's a two-chord song. Roadrunner, Roadrunner, driving faster miles an hour. No, I Gonna, don't think I, I oh, can remember classic. that one. Yeah, check that out. It's a good, right. good driving song. Very uh, Just a seminal, like, you know, post-punk Boston anthem. He's talking about driving to the Stop and Shop, <laughs> driving on 128 late at night. Well, yeah, it's funny because the Aerosmith, Aerosmith in their memoir book called Stop and Shop, Stop and Steal. Oh, that's what they used to call. That's what Stephen Tyler used oh, to call. It. He used to go funny. there and just fucking steal shit. <laughs> I've been caught stealing. So it's funny how Stop and Shop is, you know, is, <laughs> per, you know, is, is named by in that song. Yeah, and how they talked about it, and Aerosmith talked about it in their yeah their book, the documentary, the biography, I should say. So it's it's funny. That yeah. is quite uh, interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, I mentioned BCN. At this point, um, probably early 80s, had FNX sprung Dude, up. Dude, they had a state, they had the, one of the stations was out of Lynn, wasn't it? It was. It was right down, right down the street from us where we work. Yeah, it was and right it's sad. On Exchange Street. I yeah, love right that. by the, uh, the bridge. 107.7. Great station. I loved FNX. Julie Kramer. They played some good shit, man. It was great. And they pretty much were giving BCN a run for their money. I think it was some point where FNX got more popular. Uh, they would play alternative, and then at BCN kind of had to jump on the bandwagon when Nirvana got big. They had to stop playing alternative, too. Of course. So they both kind of became alternative stations. But, but yeah, That's FNX crazy. was huge in, that, in those early days. Um, another club uh, at this time, early 80s, was The Channel. Do you remember The Channel? Uh, can't yeah. quite say that I do. Pretty but I'm um, sure it was... Yeah, yeah, fame. Yeah, it had him famous. Yeah, it's right. Was it, was it particularly like a dive? No, it was actually more upscale. Yeah, and it was kind of like a mid-sized place. Uh, I think it had been like a couple things before the channel opened. It was like a disco. I'm just assuming that you know my uncles and my father would yeah. know, know these places particularly, or, or our coworker Emmett. I think played there <laughs> yeah. a couple times. With and his I band. honestly, I'm glad you brought that up. And people I, obviously don't know who we're speaking of. I but wrote his name down. I wanted to give Emmett a mention. Yeah, Emmett. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I I, I adore Emmett. I he, love Emmett. He's such a Cool cat, the, he the coolest. He really is a cool motherfucker, he man. Is. He cracks me up. He knows a lot of. He plays guitar. He, he can, and he, he was can, around at this time. He was early yeah, he 80s, sing. right? He you know he you know he delved into music, but his older brother, yeah, you know was a folk singer, folk singer, folk, folk musician. So just, just passed he was away more. He just passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, he was more in, involved and more well known in, in the music. And world. he was pretty well known, like locally. He, he was, was. Like, oh, name. very well. Yeah. So that's why the musical family, so to, to yeah. a point. Yeah. So I would love to have Emmett on here talking about maybe 
that that the scene or classic rock or Emmett knows some of these maybe not these bands that I've mentioned but he's familiar with some some uh, of the other territories and human sexual response you had this weird like new wavy stuff in the eighties who would play the channel I'm sure and I'm sure Emmett's been there quite a few times <laughs> I'm sure he has it's it's now long gone but the channel was uh it was the uh, Fort Port Fort Port Fort Port Channel in Boston right right on the water. Um, I want to shout out something else too. There's a great podcast called Boston Venue, and it's all about the history of the channel. And it's narrated by the guy that started it, Harry Boris, some a, a, a very Greek name. But the, the channel has a, some interesting because eventually in the '90s, towards the end of it, um, Whitey Bulger kind of tried to muscle his way in, and there may have been some murders. It's a oh, check it out if you're into Ooh. if you're into Boston. Uh, Folklore, y- yeah. Check out uh, uh, Boston Venue, the channel. All about the I channel. will. I'll give it Please a listen do. to. Please do. Um, so that was the seventies. Now we're moving into the eighties. We're transitioning. Yeah, we're going into the early eighties. Uh, we've talked about the Pixies. Yes, we, we had, did a whole which podcast. Is our <laughs> highest rated which is, podcast, which is, is absolutely insane to me. It's but huge. hey, we will take it. Right uh, till Tuesday. Till Tuesday. Amy Mann. Were they local? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Voices carry? Yes, voices carry. Voices carry. I think she may, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Don't know. No. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Voices carry. Such a that is a great song, though. Do you remember? How good is that song, though? I love that. Love it. I'm okay. going to actually listen to it on the way home now. This is going to go before your time. My sister will, will love this. Um, and your sister's name will give her a shout out. Melissa. Melissa. Melissa? She listens to these faithfully. Does she? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> she says At she least does. someone does. I don't know if anyone does. Yeah. We love you, massholes. This is before your time. You might remember it, though. So in Boston, we didn't have cable until oh, yeah. maybe. I remember in Danvers, we didn't get cable to 87, 88. There was a time, people, before cable, cable came to town. <laughs> I think it was. It was cable yeah, vision. Yeah. I think it was. So we we didn't have MTV. MTV started in 81. I want my MTV. So we were without MTV for a good six years. That's crazy. But we did have V66, which really? was a local channel, and they would play all this stuff. And I watched that... Summer of uh, that must have been eighty five. That's would see that video all the time till Tuesday. Voices carry. It was voices uh, carry. You ever see the video? I have. Very it's, dramatic. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Very melodramatic. <laughs> yeah. Mellow. It's very mellow, Maddie dramatic. <laughs> yeah. It's a great song. It is a great. It's a great. Song. Um, great. I like. I mean, they even tell the even the band name is pretty yeah. clever. So I'll give them. I'll, I'll, I'll let her, You know, we'll give them a shout out, and uh, we definitely have respect for them. So you don't remember V sixty six? I do no. not. Sorry, I do not. Very disappointing. Can't say that I have. Yeah. Well, that was our, that's how we watched uh, music videos, which was great. You can find the stuff on YouTube if anyone wants to watch. Uh. Such such a material. So we've talked a lot about um, rock and alternative, but there was a little band called New Edition in the '80s. Yes, Bobby Brown. Yes, put together wow. put together by the uh, Maurice Starr. He That's was right. the, uh, you know, big time producer. Uh, yeah, Im- impresario, I think you might say. And he put together uh, new kids on Every the block too. Step I take. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that was Bobby Brown solo, but yeah, yeah. that was but yeah. still Candy Girl. Candy Girl. Yeah. Oh my world. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mr. Telephone Man. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Something wrong with my line? Yeah, something wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good stuff. They were huge. Oh, oh my God. Johnny Gill, Ralph Tresvent, and then, of course, Belle Biv DeVoe all came from that. Now we're going to mention New Kids on the Block? We can, because that was a Mari Star production. just literally played Fenway, I think, the other day? Oh, they did? After Guns N' Roses? Did they open for Guns N' Roses? (laughs) No. No. I think they played this past Friday, the 13th, or or Thursday, the 12th. Oh, wow. I think they were in town, unless I'm mistaken where they're playing this upcoming Friday. Did you go? Either or... How, how went, was the show, Maddie? If I went, then if it's next, it's coming Friday. I mean, it was really good. Oh, that's true. Sorry. I mean, I just know that a lot of people were going. It was sold out. Oh, oh, so it's coming out. People okay. love. You know, they're in their fifties and maybe early sixties now. They're yeah. maybe late fifties, I should say. They people of all ages, girls of all ages, want to go see them still play. It reminds them of their youth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly when they were, you know, when they when they were hot. Yeah, broads they had of, men, you know, glamouring over them. Yeah, and wanting to be inside them. Yeah, <laughs> especially Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Who I think is gay, though, right? Yeah, yeah one of them is, <laughs> yeah, right? And you got to give a shout-out to Donnie Wahlberg, who's married to, uh, J- what, Jenny McCarthy? Oh, are they still together? I believe they are. Yeah, yeah. And she's been around the... Uh, she's a village bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> is Joey Max still with him? <laughs> the <Yeah>. village bicycle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't gloss over that one. Yeah. That I, fucking... You like that? Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, not to, I mean, no offense, uh, Jenny and Bodoni, but... Um, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's terrible. But I, I'm I'm sorry, not sorry. But yeah, I don't go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> enough about that was a quick. I just wanted to mention New Kids on the Block. Yeah, no, but that's the same uh, the same, same era. Yeah, yeah same that era was uh, sure. the same uh, guy that put those together. Good, um, good shit, good shit. So that was yeah. The, now here's a band. So now you had these alternative bands kind of growing, you know, uh, rising up in the '80s. But it really hit its peak in the '90s with a lot of commercial success. My fav- I was obsessed with this band for, oh, God, a couple of years. The Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yes. Love Where did them. you go? Where did you go? Good stuff. Great song. Great song. Um, yeah, they were uh, ska. Yeah, Th- ska, ska influenced and infused. Third wave of ska, they called Good it. Shit. You had ska in the 60s, the uh, Original Jamaican ska, yes. and then in the 80s, you had like Madness and uh, the specials. UB40. UB40, yep, good call, yep. Good call. But by the late 80s, you had the third wave of ska. You had uh, bands like Less Than Jake and stuff like that. But Mighty Mighty Bossons were the first one to do it. Uh, I had a full horn section. Good uh, stuff, clever. The, the great Dickie Barrett on he's lead nuts. vocals. I love oh, he's Dickie awesome. Barrett. He's awesome. He has a great raspy, awesome. hardcore oh, voice. I love They had the coolest logo. They had the bulldog. They would all dress in plaid. They had a guy, Ben Carr was in the band. All he did was dance. Yeah, he, he was like the hype man. Yeah, he was, yeah. That's all he was, really. He just kind of danced the same dance. It was kind of like a white guy. Kind of People like loved a, it. It was great. People flocked to it. I was just watching video of him. I forget how much I loved and that. And so just to reference back to, Dip, to Dickie Barrett, like, yeah. he could have been a vocalist for so many genres. He could do punk, yeah. post-punk. Right. Like, he had that great, raspy, like, dirty, grungy voice. He it was grunge. Great. Like he was just so well talented, well rounded. His voice was, and he was—he very underrated singer. It, so- it always sounded painful to hear Dickie Barrett yeah, sing. You felt the pain in his vocals, <laughs> yes, and his lyrics too in some certain songs. But those albums were great, and some of them. Uh, um, there was a song on the Clueless soundtrack, uh, "Someday I Suppose." Someday, yeah, they were—they played in the movie. Yeah, they oh, were they in the did. movie. Oh, they yes, were. Like, they were. Oh, they actually okay. were in the movie. I don't think I've ever seen Clueless. They, uh, uh, Alicia Silverstone was, a, you know, obviously the uh, star of the movie, yeah. and Paul Rudd was in it. Yeah, young Paul Rudd. I think he was fresh off his movie. He played in like Halloween Seven or Six. Oh, really? For Curse of Michael Myers. So that was like his first movie or something like that. Yeah. Then he did Clueless after that, or vice versa. And then um, they go to this 
like downtown club in LA and Money Mighty Boston's oh, was playing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, could, and they were did, played Where Did You Go? They played oh, okay. They didn't play Knock on Wood, but they played Where Did You Go? Okay. They played the other song you were just um singing a little real quickly. Oh, someday I suppose. Yeah, they yeah. Played, I think they played that song as well. But, yeah, yeah, that was on their uh, third album. But they album. played that. Yeah, they were in the movie and I every time I watch that movie I can't I always look forward to seeing that pot. Does, does he have a speaking role or anything? Yeah, I think he's like it? afterwards after they finished they conclude oh, really? the song he's like yeah, let's go. Oh, okay. He's like, you know, I did jumping not up know and down. they were all weird movie. and shit. Okay, it's typical Dickie Barrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. If you if, obviously haven't seen it, so check no, it out. No, I knew they're on the soundtrack. Check it out on know. the. Um, just type in you know Mighty Mighty Boss on the YouTube coolest. machine. Yeah, come out later on. Um, but yeah, they had a run. They had some great albums. Uh, let's face it. They um, do you remember they had a, they did have another hit with um, oh I forget the hit. Oh, shit. I'm not a coward. I've just never been tested. Have I ever had to knock on wood? Yeah. But I know that yeah. someone yeah. had. That was a hit. Yeah. That's a gr- huge. I think yeah. it was the biggest song. I think it was, yeah. And I they're agree. still recording. He went on to. Um, he's, I did not know that. He's the announcer on Jimmy Kimmel, which he's been doing for about. Really? Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. No. Maybe 20 years. I think this, as long as Kimmel's been on, he's been the announcer. So obviously that means Kimmel was a big Boston fan. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think he, Yeah, I think Kimmel was into that, a lot of that early uh, 90s alternative stuff. But that was huge for me. I loved the Boston, which moved into my um, next obsession after that, which is more the early stuff, but the uh, Dropkicks, Dropkick Murphys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dropkicks are still... I don't well like what the they've area. become necessarily. No, they've little... become too much. I think they're like too commercialized where they try to do too many songs for like the Boston sports local teams. Right. You know, especially like the Red Sox and uh, Bruins that did some stuff for. Yeah. You know, uh, Tessie. Tessie, yeah, Tessie's yeah. back. <laughs> and ship it up to Boston. Oh. That's when they lost me. They got too big on that Scorsese movie. I don't like yeah, when bands get potted. too big. Yeah. That was huge. Ship but... it up to Boston. Whoa. Which is an okay ship song. It up. But it... To find my wooden... Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows. I mean, even from if even if you're not from the state of Massachusetts or Boston, you people know that song. I think the Dropkicks are probably the the, the go to like Boston band. Like it's oh, synonymous yeah. with Boston. They now. exactly they're yeah. synonymous. They bleed. They bleed Boston. They right. bleed Massachusetts. South Boston specifically. Definitely being Irish, being from Southie. We call here and we call Southie. Right. And um, so yeah, they they that's that's their you know bread and butter. Right. Southie, right. South Boston. Yeah, with the bagpipes. Um, I got into them early though, like Al ni- ninety. <laughs> yeah, where is Al? Come back, Al. We miss you. <laughs> yeah, he's still stuck in Ireland. <laughs> we need your Irish misery when yeah. we <laughs> at night. <laughs> we need your Doris and Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, but the Dropkicks were very hardcore in the beginning. Um, there was a hardcore scene. Um, eh, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, you had Blood for Blood, uh, Showcase Showdown, Slap Shot, Showcase Showdown. What are we on prices right? <laughs> well, there's an early uh, Dropkick song where they meant... Yeah, I know. It's, what a great name. That's a great name for a band. Show, yeah. yeah, it's Price is Showcase right. Showdown. Price yeah. is right. Uh, I'm Bob Barker. Get your pet <laughs> spade and neuter. I love it. Which him and I also share the same birthday. Remember I mentioned in a previous podcast, Frank Sinatra and I have the same birthday. No, so did Bob Barker. I was just born December 12th as well. So one day you were born and you just looked up every celebrity who was... No, my, you know, rest of soul, my... Late grandmother Barbara, she uh, oh. told me that a long time ago. She oh, goes, wow. "You have, you have the same birthday as um, old Blue Eyes, Mr. Frank Sinatra, because you're a big Frank Sinatra fan. Yeah, she's the one who kind of got me into Frank Sinatra. Okay, so that's how I found him. So of course, you know, gotten older and when Google was a thing and still is a thing. Yeah, I was like, let me just 
make sure that's legit and sure as shit it is okay so and, i just wanted to make sure but and bob barker too and bob barker how did you exactly. find out the I just bob typed barker in famous oh, okay. celebrities with december 12th birthdays <laughs> oh, okay yes and they were like the top two <laughs> <laughs> frank sinatra and bob barker what great company though. i know great company especially frank <laughs> I huge company i'd say more bob but oh <laughs> <laughs> the price is wrong bob, bob bitch <laughs> yeah, yeah good stuff but i got into the drop kicks very early they were very punk early on now they had an original lead singer now the lead singer now and has been the lead singer for about 20 years is al Barr, from he was really? from new hampshire um but originally they had this guy mike mccolgan have you ever heard the first drop kicks no i have not uh, the boys on the docks oh it's just like sing along like oi 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 yeah like gets you like rowdy and pumped yes. up and like anthems. yeah and it's very 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 punky um ken casey is the bassist yeah of course he, ken the lead singer right? yeah uh but he was uh, originally they started the band they were uh, friends as kids, um, Mike McColgan and um, and Ken Casey and Mike McColgan. They did one. He did one album and he left. He always wanted to be a Boston firefighter. He was a veteran. He was in the uh, Gulf War. He went on, became a firefighter. Dropkicks went on with uh, with Al. Bar. They got Al Bar from New Hampshire. Who was in the Bruisers, I believe, um, and became pretty much huge. Uh, they had a 2001 album that was huge. And then um, Let's Go was it Let's Go. I don't know. I vaguely, I think I want to yeah, say yes. Yeah. Let's go. Um, but then he came out with his own band. He came back into the music. Mike McCormick came back into the music business and did the Street Dogs. You ever heard yes, the Street Dogs? Street Dogs. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Lynn Mad Dogs. Oh, is there a band called the Lynn? No, there was a oh, oh. baseball team before they were. Oh, the, that's the, right. The navigators yeah. and the Spirit. It was a, <laughs> the Mad, Mad Dogs, Dogs. the Spirit, and now they're the Navigators. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, like the Lynn Mad Dogs right. was a thing on the North Shore. Right. But yes, uh, a little off topic, but going forward, yeah. yes. So. Yeah. No. Anyway, so Mike, Mike McColgan still records with the Street Dogs, who I love. I love the Street Dogs. So there's a whole, there's a whole everyone. It's a win-win. It's much like when uh, when Mustaine was fired. Yes. Supposedly, I don't know if Mike McColgan might have got fired. He he always said he wanted to go be a firefighter. But anyway, it yes, off, yes. It, it's a perfect thing. It's a perfect. You get two great Boston punk bands. You don't say. Yes, it's a, it's a win win with everything. That so, it is, my friend. That um, it is. more. Uh, oh well, the Lemonheads. Lemonhead, yeah. This is nineties. Hey, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> yeah, they, they did the cover. cover. Yep, yep. It's a shame Stuff. about Ray was the album. Yes, yeah. I haven't heard that in forever. But great Dan cover though. Evan Dando. They used to call him the Alterna Hunk. Alter it was he good looking, right? He's a very good looking dude. Yeah. Alterna. <laughs> yeah, he was like the, uh, Roy Orbison and Pretty Women. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Love Roy. We said that before. I'll say yeah, it again. Yeah. But these these were big. Like these were national charting bands. Boston was representing the nineties. You had Buffalo Tom, maybe not so much. Not so uh, much popular. No, yeah, but very great band. A great band. I love Buffalo Tom. Um, uh, out in the western part of the state, you had Dinosaur Junior, who I mentioned. In yeah, they're, still, they're very popular. Yeah, in like you know, still in around. Scene, right. I want right. to say Jay, uh, the the great Jay Maskus on, on guitar and vocals. Uh, Lou Barlow. Um, do you remember Letters to Cleo? Yes, I do, but yeah. I wasn't really into them. No, Kay, I heard she was them. very cute. Kay Hanley, she was Kay Hanley. Yeah, she is a little. Yeah. She was a little cutie. Yeah, she cutie was. pie. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a group called the Sheila Divine. Not well known. Not very but well known. No, I don't know no. Them. Um, 
How about Extreme? Now we're getting a little back into the mainstream. Of course. Right. Extreme. Nuno Betancourt, was it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I believe he, from Revere, I, I think. Portuguese. Yeah. Port- you know, big port- Portuguese. Design. There's a big, huge Portuguese population <laughs> in Peabody alone. Yeah. You know. Real, I hadn't heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brazilians and Portuguese oh, rule God. like central Peabody. They multiply. And like, for people that are from the North Shore, know what we're talking about. I hear if you get them wet, they multiply like gremlins. Yeah, like gremlins. <laughs> right after midnight. Don't yeah. eat after midnight. And yeah. Don't get exposed to bright sunlight. <laughs> right. That's funny. But Extreme was huge. More Than Words, that was a number one hit. Oh, my great song, great video. More than words is all I have to do to make you real. That your love for me is real. Something like that. Anyway. Good stuff. I mean, we... It's just like some of the songs that always stick with you. Yeah. That's one that always sticks with me. I'm not like a huge, I'm not an extremely no. ex- extreme fan. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I still, you know, know the band and know the, you know the local. Right. Local legend, so to speak. He was unbelievable on guitar, Nuno. He was, he was. a shredder in Eddie Van Halen mode. Yeah. More so than he was recognized. I love their first album with them. Mother, don't want to go to school today. Do you remember that one? Yes. That was uh, very good. I mean, yeah. I wasn't, I think I'm not I'm a big Extreme no, family, no, like I said, no. But, but you, you, you've heard I know that. some of the hits. Yeah, yeah, and of course, Gary Sharon famously would go on to be uh, the third lead singer of Van Halen. Oh, in which you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but fucking Ooh. fat fuck Jeff Machatia has mentioned that before. It was the worst thing that Van Halen ever did. Yeah, was that making was, him the lead singer. That's a footnote in music history now. That it really is. ninety-eight album. It's like it's not even worthy of an honorable mention or a side note. It's just a footnote. Yeah, I don't think Gary like Sharon had stinky, smelly. Calloused footnote. He just didn't have much to work with. No. Gary Sherman. It was just the songs weren't that, that good. He, a I'm stinky just, footnote. Yeah. <laughs> like good one. I'm just like I'm surprised that um even you know, the Alex and the boys and Eddie Diddy Van Halen uh wanted yeah. to consider him as a role for that. Yeah, I don't know and why they yeah. I, I don't even knows? think it's really on Gary Sharon that it failed, but no. yeah, it did fail. So moving forward from that chode. Yeah. So that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much you want to get into now. There's some. So that's what you had for your your yeah, topics. Yeah, basically from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, oh well, well, we're gonna get into some heavier stuff now, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> we're getting heavy. Is that, you, you had that you had that on a side note. Well, there's a f- in your mind. I didn't know this band was from Newton. You ever hear of Anal Cunt? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a band. Yeah, oh, you never heard of them? Never heard yes. of them. Yes. Anal Oh my god I, I can see why they didn't get any airplay Because their name is horrendous It's, it's always, funny It's always my go-to like worst band name It's Grindcore Which I'm not real familiar with Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I don't know It's like, junk I, yeah. I like it <laughs> They're um, from Newton uh, The li- re- original guy died in 2011 I don't know I, yeah, I, it's, just, I guess it's like a funny <laughs> comical side note But yes. Angel Cunt like No, Anal Cunt Anal yeah, Cunt yeah, Angel yeah. Cunt Angel Cunt would be a good <laughs> Angel Cunt's better I think so too That's better and more like you know, it's, it's more respectful, respectful. Yeah. yeah Not as crass But Angel, I mean, angel, yeah. anal cunt. Yeah, I've never actually heard I, it's, any of this it's, stuff. Shocking for shocking It's terrible. Sake. Yeah, it's awful. And yeah. initially when Lamb of God got their start, it just reminds me they were called uh, Burn the Priest. Oh, okay. Their first like album or two albums was called Burn the Priest. And then they realized, okay, yeah, this is not working well because no one wants to listen to a band called Burn the Priest because like the name is so brutal. Right. And they said they just changed it. So now they're currently and you know have been for years now Lamb of God. Which is a great name. Which is a hell of a great name. That's an name. awesome name. Great yeah. name. Right. So moving on, we're yeah. going to talk. I'm going to take over this little uh, yeah, portion we- of the podcast. And I'm glad my co-host here, Mel, gave us some 
entice, you know, enlightening and enticing <laughs> information about Massachusetts rock from the 60s up until the 90s yeah. and early 2000s. And I'm going to take over because in the midst of all that, in the mid-90s, especially early 2000s, but, you know, late 90s, yeah, there was a, a form of music that started developing around the country, and a lot of bands, you know, came from Massachusetts and in the Boston area, especially Western Mass. There's yeah. a genre in the rock world that, you know, familiar with people know that I'm talking about called metalcore. Metalcore. Metalcore is huge. It has been huge since, like, you know, I want to say 2000s, like maybe 2005 to even not as car- not as huge as it was yeah. back in, like, say, from 05 to, like, you know, 12, 13, 14. It had its heyday for a while. It did. And it, there's still bands that, like, that are doing it to this day that are you know, uh, categorized as metalcore. And the biggest one to me that um, is, is from Massachusetts, you know, has Springfield ties, Worcester ties, is Killswitch Engage. Yes. They are unbelievable. Yes. I've seen them live multiple times. They do not disappoint, and if whoever has seen them and who's listened to the podcast knows what I'm talking about, they put on a hell of a show, a lot of energy. Uh, the original singer, Jesse Leach, was there for the first couple albums. He quit. Uh, Howard Jones came in, who was a, you know came in and did a hell of a job for a few albums, and then 2013, uh, Jesse Leach came back to the band. Oh, okay. And he's been back with the band ever since, and presently oh, wow. the lead singer. Where did Howard Jones go back? Yeah, uh, to- he did uh, "Light the Torch." He did. He, now he's doing some solo stuff and has done some solo. Stuff. He's now he's a new band. Uh, he's working with some other guy. They have a new band. New album's actually in the works right now, as we speak. Um, and then the, I would say the top four metalcore bands that come from Massachusetts are, like I said, Killswitch Engage, All That Remains, mm. Shadows Fallen on Earth. Um, Those are all great names, too. All great, all great names, band names. All from Massachusetts. Uh, all come, from Western Mass? All from, like, yeah, you, you, most, yeah. A lot of these bands have come from Western Mass. That's interesting. It is very interesting. Is there a cl- like a particular club out Yeah, the out Palladium. There? The Worcester Palladium. Oh, okay. Which oh, is so, huge. Yes, I have been and to the Palladium. I, and, okay. and on a side note... But that's a, even further... Right, Springfield's even further out. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah it's two and a yeah. half hours away from oh, here, okay. where we live. Right, and even an hour away from maybe yeah. Worcester. Yeah, actually, forty-five minutes to an yeah. hour. Yeah, but it's funny you said that because the Palladium is like such a great place to see a show, but I hate driving out there. The yeah. drive to Worcester is absolutely horrendous. Right, it's like just a terrible, grimy, dirty drive on on Mass ninety, the Mass Pike. Yeah, it's just so bad. I know. And but the play, the actual place, the Palladium C show was awesome. I saw Motorhead there and, about ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, and I saw. Slipped out there twice in 05 and I want to say 07 or 08. Excellent show. Excellent venue to see Slipknot. I've seen Killswitch there. I've seen All That Remains there. I've seen Unearthed there. I've seen Shadows Fall there. Saw Corn there. I've seen some good bands wow. play there. Wow. It's a great venue to see. A lot of yeah. great bands have played at and the they, Worcester Palladium here in Massachusetts. They book a lot of shows. They there. really yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, some like honorable mentions to mention for that metalcore scene is the Red Chord. Ice Nine Kills, which has actually become very popular. Diecast, Overcast, Unbroken Wings. I'm not really much into the music scene that much anymore. Yeah. Um, there was a band actually that didn't last long. It was the 454 Big Block. They mm. not a know, good name. Not a good name. No. I can see why they only lasted about two and a half yeah, three that's a years. Terrible name. Oh, um, the Ak the Acacia Strain, which is very popular, is still around. You've heard of them? No. They've been around since '01. They're very popular. Um, but like I said, that's uh, I would, the ones I like to mention and talk about. But the top four, like I mentioned, you know, Unearth, Shadows Fall, Remains, Kill Switch, all great bands. All Remains is is a really great band. Phil Labonte, who's the lead singer of All Remains, was originally the lead singer of Shadows Fall, mm. and then he left and they formed All Remains. 
and I want this guy Brian came in and took over for uh, Shadows Fall, which is currently which broke up. I want to say in the mid, I want to say 2012 or 13, and they're actually uh, getting back together to to uh, tour. Reunion, thinking, or yeah, reunion. Um, so it's funny. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that they come around this local area again and. Just to give a shout out to you know the great Massachusetts metalcore scene because they they bring it. Those bands have energy, they have charisma, they have fucking balls, and I just want to give a respectable shout out to those doing it and have done it. So um, something about living in Springfield that brings out the aggression I, in people. Yeah. <laughs> just a shithole city. It really is. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Stuck out in Western Mass, you think it would be a, a rural place, but you get Springfield, which is yeah, just a, a cesspool of a city. Now, are they are these bands like friendly with? Uh, do you think they're? Is it like a scene? I think scene? they're all they're all yeah. like cordial with each right, other. Right, right. Because that Brian, is a, yeah. But I think of Brian Fair is the is the vocalist of Shadows Fall. Okay, he's like this like tall, skinny white dude that has like fucking three foot long dreadlocks. Oh, and okay. He fuck when he does like when he headbangs, he does like the helicopter. Yeah. And all you see is his fucking dreadlocks going around like a fan. That's a like cool a ceiling fan. Yeah. He's so fucking badass. That's a cool move. It really is. White boy dreadlocks. It's so badass. Like Drexel from True Romance with Gary yeah. o- Gary Oldman. Had oh, that. what a great movie! We're gonna be talking about that on our uh, Eminem's Variety Pack. We'll do. A, we're gonna do a, uh, a Tarantino. Based right. podcast coming up. Right. We'll do that. We'll do oh, Scorsese. Right. We'll do Spielberg. But we'll go into... We'll tr- do, like, you know, obviously sports. Like, yeah. You know, we'll do everything. So, with that said... Yes. Segway, segway. Maddie Bl- tr- brought up that segway, and he's great timing. Segway, segway. Segway, segway, and we're coming to the end of the podcast. So, I'd love to take this time to let our in on our listeners that we have a new podcast out there. It's a it's a spinoff of what we've been doing, and it's uh, more like, not like a spinoff, it's, 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 it's a separate podcast, it's called M&M's Variety Pack, where we touch base on everything and anything with pop culture, sports, crocheting, right? you know, show tunes, cartoons, yeah. you know, yeah. fucking, you know, you know sitcoms, yeah. Tom McElhaney, <laughs> Tom, fucking Tom. everything, I mean, <laughs> we, we talk about everything and anything, yeah. it's our new podcast, we have... We have uh, episode one that debuted a few days ago. We did it last week. It it's debuted. up now. Yep. It's up now. Currently up and available on all podcast platforms. Yep. Again, it's called M&M's Variety Pack. Again, M&M's Variety Pack. You can find that on all podcast platforms, especially uh, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and Apple uh, Podcasts, which are the four main four main ones. And um, we like to discuss, discuss anything and everything. It's a passion of ours, not only with music, but to talk about like I said, pop culture and sports. And it's everything but music. And yeah, music might be involved. We do have, yeah, but yeah, exactly. But it won't be, it's not strictly music, yeah. Exactly. So it gives us it gives us a chance to talk about things and discuss things that are not strictly about music. Right. And we had a great uh, podcast. The first one was great. The we inaugural about, we episode. We had a good 10-minute segment on Scarface. We did. Quoted the movie, discussed the movie, yes. the highlights, low points. And so if you're interested in that, check it out. You can find it, like I said, on all podcast platforms. Right. Um. Yeah, so please, uh, especially to our mass holes, this podcast was strictly for you. We want to get you more involved and in tune to what we're doing here on Scrap Metal and obviously on our new podcast, M&M's Variety Pack, again. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Thank you. And um, so, yeah, with that said, we uh, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. We respect you. I want to thank uh, my co-host, Metal 
Mellow Maddie for his uh, enticing information on the uh, bands of Massachusetts from the 60s up until the 90s and the present day 2000s metal cores, which I took over on. And I just want to thank all these Boston bands for I, I, some of these are my favorite thank bands. You. What a great history. I mean, just an it, it, awesome music history in it Boston. It really makes you just, like really step back and have to appreciate where we come from because we have, I mean, minus like the crazy um, bipolar weather we have. Yeah. We have a great fucking state it's and it's a we great have great music we yeah. have great food yeah and we have great sporting uh, sporting events and teams and boston kind of flies under the radar it's not a huge city but it's like i don't know i always thought it was like the perfect size you know it is. it's not it's not a huge you can walk the whole city in, a, in an hour and a half yeah exactly and and, ha- and and see lots of culture and lots of uh things and fucking weird things and happy things and cool things and funny things all yeah. the above just a cool history of music and weirdness and, you know, I don't know. It's just a, it's such an old scene, we have, too. We have a lot of culture here. <laughs> What's that? Remember that? What's that? That's from an old... Uh, Sounds like a um, Mississippi bird. No, it's from an old... Um, Jesus Christ, uh, what's that airline? Southwest Airlines commercial. Oh, where oh they're that. from Philadelphia. The oh, guy's like, we yeah. have a lot of culture here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm taking yeah. that line from that guy in the commercial. I, I'm it. sorry I stole your thunder, but it is That's funny. Right. Yeah. So with that said, yes. thank you. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, sir. Stay well. Take care of one another. Uh, love and respect. And uh, we'll see you soon for episode six. Uh, I'm sorry, 17 coming to a podcast platform near you. Good night and thank you. <laughs>